But the big things you need to ask yourself are, how long is it gonna take me to pay for this? And am I going to be able to make money on this? You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Small Minded. Now, I'm going to just be very upfront here. Typically, I show up behind this mic with an element of expertise or feeling like I have something to share with you. And today's episode, I'm just going to be straight out. Like, this is a topic I feel very uncomfortable about and highly unqualified for. But it's important. And it's something I get questions about a lot. And frankly, it's something that I question a lot. So I thought it might be a good conversation starter here. What we're talking about is knowing when and how to invest in your business or your organization and hobby, just taking it to the next level or investing in yourself. Because it can be hard to know and it can be like very uncomfortable to spend money on some of these areas when you're not sure if it's the right decision to make and the thing that's going to advance you to the next step in whatever journey you're on. So even though I feel like I'm unqualified, I'm going to give you a little bit of information about different ways that I've invested in the past. And I'm going to just be very upfront about ways that I'm taking steps to make sure that in the future, I'm investing smarter. So here we go in what is likely to be like the least qualified episode I've ever recorded. Here we go, investing in your business. Okay, guys, so if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that I am like the unlikeliest business owner there is. I was a teacher, a stay-at-home mom, and this thing just kind of happened. When I was in high school and college, I never took one business class which is not something that I hang my hat on in a proud way. Like at the time, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to need something like that. And like for the split second that I considered a marketing degree in college, I honestly like I remember going to one of those like gatherings. I don't know. It wasn't a class, but it was just like an exploratory like here's what you can learn if you decide to pursue a degree in marketing from our business college. And I went to that and Honestly, I looked at the curriculum setup and like, here's the class requirements if you want to obtain this degree. And I saw the word macroeconomics and I was like, A, I thought there was only such thing as microeconomics and B, that sounds effing scary. I'm out of here. And I didn't even stay for the meeting, you guys. I left and I was like, I'm never taking that. And look where I'm at today. So never say never. But I have not taken any business degrees. So that's something that I don't hang my hat on proudly. It's something that I say like, oh, I still like puts knots in my stomach because I feel so unqualified. And also when I'm thinking and talking about money and finances, I just feel like I was not very, um, I'm not the smartest around money stuff. Like I love to spend money. I love to make money. Do I spend it wisely? That's questionable. 
Like, I love to shop. And so (laughs) I don't know if I'm always making the smartest money decisions. But I think that that can give me a leg up because it makes me normal, right? I'm somebody who works hard, plays hard. And I feel like there's other people out there too. And I'm somebody who might spend money on emotion or a gut check. And I'm not always likely to know what my cash flow statement is, but I do know where my bank balance is. So that's got to be a good thing. I'm somewhere in the middle probably. Not terrible with money, not great with money, just somewhere in between. And if you listened to the last episode with my friend Janie and the next week's episode with my friend Lindsay, we talk a lot about money and we talk about when to know you're financially ready and how to make good money decisions for your business. And something that Janie said is that like, if you're at least being curious and you're allowing yourself to be open to learning and not necessarily be right, but be committed to learning more, that's a good place to be. And I feel like that's where I'm at. So I'm just going to walk you through some of the ways that I've made money decisions in the past. And this is where I've decided to invest in my business. I'm going to split them into three categories. So first up, I have invested in education. So I'll break that down in a second. But that's basically investing in either learning more about a specific aspect of my business or just like investing in myself and like my personal development. The second area that I've invested in is in tools. So that might be in getting new software or getting a new computer or something like that. And then the third area that I've invested in for my business so far is in people. And that's pretty self-explanatory, but we'll get into that in a second. So first up, education. And I don't know if it's just because I'm in the social media space or if this is really how everybody feels, but like right now I just feel like there's so many like courses and classes and masterminds and coaches and everybody has a workshop, a course, or a mastermind. And I'm like, gosh, this has to be a saturated market, but it's really not. I don't, I mean, I don't think everybody's making sales. So here we are. But Back when I was starting this business in 2017, Molly Knuth Media, I was, like I said, I felt very green around what I knew about social media marketing, marketing, owning and running a business, all of those things. And so I started looking at what I had done in the past when I felt similarly. So when I looked back at when I was teaching, I would feel that same lost feeling when I wasn't engaged in advancing my knowledge. So I knew that I needed to find some way to make myself feel better, perform better by learning more, essentially. So what I did was I just began searching for ways to learn more about my skill area or advancing my skills. And I didn't know at the time about retargeting. And so I was like, wow, I searched a little bit about social media classes and now look at all of these social media ads for classes and workshops that I'm getting served while I'm scrolling on Facebook. Like this was just a new concept to me. So obviously I had learned that this is strategic, like businesses set this up purposefully so that once you're searching something over on Target, if you don't buy it, you're going to get served an ad for it over on Facebook. But at the time, I just thought it was very coincidental and serendipitous that I just happened to get served this 
two ads. The first was from Social Media Marketing Society, which was a group that was organized to help social media marketers from around the world come together, have a space to ask questions of one another, learn from specific experts in Pinterest marketing or Instagram marketing, and just advance their knowledge and find community with other social media marketers. And that was a one-year program. I could just be part of that membership for a flat rate. I think it was like $300. And at that time, like $300 was a huge deal for me. I was like, dang, that is a lot of money to spend. And I had to kind of analyze like, okay, how long is it going to take me to pay this back? Like if I charge this to my credit card, how long will it take for me to be able to pay that off? And then also, I had to ask myself, not only how long will this take me to pay back, but will this at the end be able to make me money in return? So what was the return on my investment? So I had to say, all right, if I joined up with this marketing society, the investment is $300 for the year. Am I going to be able to learn new skills that I can incorporate into the packages I'm already offering? Or am I going to learn new skills that I can create new packages around and then sell those? And the answer was yes, I could do that. And then the only question left was how long will it take me to pay off? And I was like, well, if I can get one more client for one month, I'll be able to pay for half of it. So I was like, okay, this seems like a solid investment. So I did it. And I did learn so much around that from that program. And it really helped me bolster my confidence knowing that, first of all, it put names around some of the things I was already doing naturally. So like, I didn't know I was doing content marketing. I didn't know that when I was putting a calendar together that that was a strategic move and not all social media marketers did that. I also learned new programs that would help me be more efficient in my graphic design. And it really did pay for itself. Now let's, let's compare that to a couple of bad investments that I made. So there were a couple of, again, memberships. There was a one-year membership that I signed up for and I got served an ad for it. And when I was reading the sales page of it and like hearing the problems that it would solve and the questions that it would answer and I watched the webinar that like kind of gave a preview at this coaching style from this expert, I was like, oh man, this is super cool and it does give me a lot of things that I'll be able to learn. And this was probably about eight months after I had signed up for that social media marketing society. And so I was like, well, I learned so much from that other program that I'm in. I think I can invest in this. And this was a significantly more of an investment. So it stretched me a little further. I think it was like $700. Or maybe it was over 1000 I don't remember. But I remember it was significantly more than that first investment that I made. But I had to ask myself the same questions. A, how long would this take me to pay back? B, will I be able to charge more for my services? create new services and packages, or show up better with my skills after I'm done with this program? And I thought the answer was yes. And so I signed up for it. Actually, I think it was over $1,000 because I think that, anyway, it was a significant investment. But I signed up for it and I was like so excited. And I took a couple of the classes or like her live classes. And then it like, once I got to a certain module in that course, then it like opened up the vault if you will. I think she called it the vault actually. And then you had to like kind of self-guide yourself through the rest of it. But in the vault, you got like all of these courses and all of these workshops and all of the tools and assets she'd ever made. And I thought that was going to be a great thing when I read that on the sales page. But when I got in there, I was 
paralyzed because it was so much information. I couldn't even take the next step, you guys. So I was involved in certain aspects of that program. Like she had a Facebook group that we could ask questions in. She showed up for Q&A sessions that I always watched. But as far as like the actual vault materials where it really could have helped me advance my skills, but I totally underutilized them, just like being straight up. And so was that a good investment for me in the long run? Probably not. I mean, I would say that I probably wasted money on that course, not because the value wasn't there on her end. It was because as a learner, I couldn't handle that volume of resources that was at a self-guided pace. And that's something I learned about myself in that process. And so I knew that going forward, I needed to be in some kind of program, whether it was pursuing a certification or a degree or being in a coaching program or any kind of group structure. I needed to be in some kind of program that was like step-by-step. Somebody was going to walk through it with me at a certain pace. And it wasn't just, here's everything. And now you go take care of it yourself because I was not going to do that. So anyhow, that did not work for me. Later on, as I kept like growing and evolving and pursuing these different um, learning strategies, I did continue to sign up for like short group programs. Some of them were for the good, some of them were for the bad. I learned that sales pages are designed to sell you, right? And there was even one time when I read like a sales page and it gave me all the reasons I should sign up and I was still feeling a little bit leery. My gut didn't really agree with me. So they're like, guess what? If you don't feel good, we're going to get you on a phone call with somebody. And did I get on a phone call with the teacher of the program? No, I got on a phone call with someone on her team. And not to say that that's a bad thing, but I was just like, obviously that person's job was to sell me, right? And so what did I do? I bought it. And then how did I feel at the end of it? Crappy, because I didn't get the results that I wanted. Not that I couldn't have if I put the work in, but because I didn't vibe with it and I should have trusted my gut at the forefront. But I've also been in some really great courses. And sometimes it's been a structured course, like Jenna Kutcher's um, The Podcast Lab. It's very short. That was self-guided, but it was like short enough that I didn't feel overwhelmed by pursuing that format. I've been in group programs where it's pretty casual and we just show up and we have like weekly or bi-weekly phone calls. It's just Q&A and it's really great. I've been part of masterminds locally. I've been part of masterminds um, nationally. I've been part of informal masterminds where it's just me and some friends that are meeting up but with like specific business pursuits. So there's a lot of different ways that you can advance your education and you can invest in your education. But the big things you need to ask yourself are, how long is it going to take me to pay for this? And am I going to be able to make money on this once I've finished the program? Am I going to be able to use it to return that investment and make more money on it? Because I can tell you, I have wasted money on a $47 per month subscription, but I have made money back quadruple on a $2,000 investment that was for a 90-minute phone call with a really great coach. So the amount that you invest has to like change based on how much access you have to the expert in the category. It can change based on where you are at at a certain point in your business. It can change based on the level of commitment you can give at that time. But you still have to ask, how am I going to pay for this? And then how am I going to make money on this? And I do want to just also say like, 
you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So like if I half-ass a group membership, I can't blame the coordinator because I was only participating in half of the trainings, right? A lot of that comes back to me. And I also want to make sure that you know, like up front, when you're looking at and assessing whether or not to invest in a certain course or program or workshop, not only do you read the sales page, because the sales page is meant to be salesy, you also have to make sure that you're like vibing with the instructor, that you have a good gut check, and that you are learning from someone who you want to like, you want your life or your business to mirror as you get there. Because there are lots of coaches like, okay, I'm Molly Knuth. I live in rural Iowa. I have uh, four kids. I have a house. And I have a husband who's a farmer, which means that in the spring and the fall, I'm doing a lot of the like home load, home workload, kid load by myself. So can I learn from a marketing expert who has lived in New York City their whole life that has one child? Like, I mean, I probably could, but just knowing that the scenario Like their life doesn't necessarily mirror mine. So I want to just double check that what they're teaching me is something that I do aspire to do because we have very different backgrounds. We probably have very different levels of time commitment. We have very different levels of maybe even financials. So you just want to make sure that who you choose to learn from is somewhere or someone or some point that you want your business to mirror when you get there. I hope that made sense because I felt very rambly. All right, so education is one way you can invest in your business. And that can look like a class, a course, a group program, a mastermind, one-on-one coaching, pursuing like a formal degree or certification from a college or a community college or a certification program. Or there's a lot of free resources out there too. I started with podcasts. You can watch a lot of free trainings and webinars, read blogs, and those can help educate you as well if that's what your budget allows for. All right, the second way you can invest in your business is through tools, all right? Now, depending on the industry you're in, your tools are going to look different and be at a different price point. So if I look at my husband in the farming industry, he needs certain tools to complete his job, one of which is a combine, and combines are not cheap. But if he wants to grow crops, he has to have a way to pick those crops and harvest them. And so that is an essential tool of what he does. I'm going to bring this full circle in a second because About two years into my business, no, one year into my business, I had a laptop that I started the business with. That was just a laptop that we had around the house. It was slow. It was heavy. It was huge. It was clunky. And when it decided to restart and like update, which was about once a week, it took a literal hour to do so. And I would get frustrated and like really pissed off. And I would be like, I got work to do. I only have so much time to do it. And now I'm sitting here waiting for this update to install. So I griped about it for a while. And then I had the conversation with my husband, like, what if I bought a new laptop? And he was like, well, is it going to make you more efficient? Is it going to make you more money? How how are you going to pay for this? And so just by having him ask me those questions and walking through that thought process, I determined that it was going to be a good investment for me to buy that new laptop. And guess what? It was. (laughs) It saved me time. I was less frustrated every time I opened up that laptop, so I was less stressed, which was better for everybody. And then about a year later, I cracked the screen of that laptop when it was only a year old. That was terrible. But 
at that time, then I had to go through the same thought process. I was like, okay, I can work with this laptop that has like a cracked screen. And it wasn't like the whole thing was cracked, but there was just a stripe in the dead middle that was cracked all the way up and down the screen. So like I could use the left-hand side of the screen. I could use a bit of the right-hand side of the screen, but that middle section was just black. And I was like, I can get by with this. But every time I opened that laptop, I was frustrated. It took me more time. It was harder to work with. And so then I had to have the same thought process. I was like, okay, if I do decide to get myself a new computer, I knew what I wanted. I wanted a Mac. I wanted an iMac that could be a desktop. And I was like, that's going to be about $2,000. Can I afford that? And it was like, okay, A, how am I going to pay for this? B, how long will it take me to pay for? C, is it going to make me money? And like, does a computer just sitting there make you money? No. But what do I do with that computer? That is an essential tool of my business. It's where I send emails. It's where I get client leads. It's where I make videos. It's where I post and schedule all of my social media content. It's where I make this podcast. And so that computer would make me money based on how I use it. And just like a combine is an essential tool in my husband's farming operation, having a reliable computer is an essential component of my social media marketing business. So it was an investment in my business. Even though it wasn't just making me money by sitting there, it would give me an opportunity to make money back by using a computer that had a full screen. <laughs> so guess what I did? I bought a computer. But it has made its money back probably like tenfold, no more than that, based on the investment. But that's all just to say that you can invest in your business by updating or upgrading the tools and the software that you use. So if you're a farmer, that might look like something like GPS or uh, a bigger green gravity box. I pretend like I know what I'm saying, but I really don't when it comes to farming. I know I've heard these words, but I don't know if I'm using them in the right context. <laughs> For a social media marketer, it might look like investing in a new computer. It might look like buying a drone so that you can offer new packages. We did that too. We invested in a drone, which then we had to get like certified and stuff. So it took some money up front, but guess what? Now we can go and we can sell drone packages and we have it packaged in such a way that if we have four jobs from it, that drone has paid for itself and then the rest is just going to be icing on the cake. And so sometimes you have to invest in tools and then other times it has to be softwares. So a couple of years ago, my business got to a point where I had to bring people on board, which we'll get to in a second. But in order to keep everything streamlined and keep everybody's tasks in line and make sure that we're getting projects to the finish line, we had to invest in a project management software that can help us stay organized. It's called Asana. And there are other free ones that you can use too, like Trello. Um, I think there's something called ClickUp or Monday.com. We use Asana and it helps us just track our clients, track their tasks, and make sure that everybody on our team is getting the tasks done and meeting deadlines. Now, that comes with a cost, but does it help us do our job better? 110% absolutely. So it's worth the investment. Now, as with anything, whether it is an actual tool, like a physical tool or a piece of software, I still go through that same question process. How long is this going to take me to pay for? So I look at Asana and for our whole team, it takes us like $75 a month to operate. So how long is that going to take me to pay for? So I have to look at like, okay, um, what is our income for the month? What percentage of the income does this subscription require? Is that maybe too much? Is it not enough? Is there a cheaper way to do it? 
I am someone who really leans on the convenience factor, which is probably not smart. Again, I'm no expert in this, and I'm sure there's probably a way I could be doing this cheaper. But for the convenience of the layout of it and how we've adapted to it and how we've adapted it into just our regular routines, I'm just going to keep paying it. <laughs> I'm like, it's so worth it. So anyway, you have to determine how long is this going to take you to pay for. Second question, how long does it take you to make money on? So by staying more organized, meeting deadlines, and keeping clients happy, is that worth X amount of dollars a month? And in Asana's case, $75 for me, yes. Now, if I was only making $100 a month and I was uh, like $75 a month was going toward Asana, that wouldn't be a smart choice. But I feel like at this level that we're at for revenue each month, it does work. All right. And then the third way I've invested in my business is in people. So there's a few different ways that you can do this. You can hire on an independent contractor, which we talked about in the episode with my friend Janie. So if you want more information, we can go back and you can listen into that. But an independent contractor is somebody that you bring on with a certain skill set. So like you might decide to bring in a social media marketer, for example, who just handles the social media marketing aspect of your business. Or you might hire a specific accountant or a bookkeeper. But they are an independent contractor because they don't need to be involved in the day-to-day operations of your business in order to conduct their duties or their, fulfill their contract with you. So for an accountant, you might not need them in the day-to-day, but you need them on board so they can do your taxes at the end of the year, and then you pay them a set fee. For a social media marketer, we would be considered independent contractors because, again, we don't need to be in your business 40 hours a week, but we can still do the marketing for you outside of your business on our own hours as long as we meet the deadlines. So that is an independent contractor. For the people on my team, I have been doing that same thing where they have specific tasks or projects and then they can complete those tasks and projects at their own pace as long as they meet a certain deadline. So they are independent contractors. Now, let's say I wanted to have them at the co-working space with me from eight to noon, three days a week, and they had to be there or otherwise they couldn't be on my team. At that point, they are not independent contractors because they don't have that flexibility to like pursue the end result at their own way or in their own frame of time. So then they would need to become a part of my payroll and they would have to have part-time or full-time hours. And when you have payroll, as Janie kind of explained to us, then they, you have to pay taxes on their behalf. So it looks different when you decide to bring people on board your team, but just know that you have options and it doesn't mean that you have to bring somebody on full-time right away. You can look at your unique situation and say, hey, maybe I just want this to be an independent contractor situation, or maybe I want this to be a part-time employee situation. And then you could also have somebody who is a virtual assistant. So their job is to just support you and you can give them specific tasks and you pay them hourly. Um, And that is totally an option too. But for my specific purposes, I've just brought in different people to to complete different tasks within my business. So we have one person who is creating content, one person who is editing podcasts, one person who is um, writing up blogs and copy. And so they each have their specialization. They have the deadline for like the final date that these projects need to be completed, but then it's up to them when they work, how they work, how they get to that end result. And so they are independent contractors. As my business has grown and I've had like wait lists and I felt like I needed 
additional help. I've been able to bring people on board. And again, this is something I'm working through right now, actually. It's like assessing how long will it take me or how many jobs do I need to bring in in order to get this person paid? And then can this person make me money back? So is the work that they're doing helping me make more money for Molly Knuth Media? Because we're not here for, I mean, we're here as a business. And so we want to make sure that the decisions we're making, the investments we're making are going to help make us more profitable in the long run. Now, again, I'm no expert and I don't pretend to be great at finances. I need to go categorize my QuickBooks as we speak. I need to go run my profit and loss and I need to be more aware of my dollars and cents and the cash flow in my business and know that. But I also know that I have learned a few things in my time around the block and in growing Molly Knuth Media. And I know that we all have to start somewhere. So just know that if you feel like you're not an expert in finances, you have no idea how business finances work, that's how I felt and that's how I still feel sometimes. And I still show up and commit every day to getting better and just being curious about how I can operate better. And so I encourage you to do the same. Um, If you want more supports around business financing, there are some really great people you can follow. Um, My friend Janie Stahl, she was on the podcast last week, so you can check out her episode. I also have a friend, Sheila Hansen. She has some great information and she even has what she calls, um, oh gosh, I'm going to get the name wrong now, but it's like a study hall. And so she shows up and she's like the study hall supervisor for an hour on Zoom. And then you can show up for study hall and you can ask her questions if you have them. Otherwise, you can just work on categorizing your QuickBooks at that predetermined time. And yeah, there's just a whole host of people out there who can either answer your financial questions, be your bookkeepers. Um, There's just a lot of options for you. So if you need to be connected to people like that, don't hesitate to send me a DM. Um... Yeah, I hope today's episode gave you different ways of investing in your business, assessing whether or not these are good investments, and just giving you ideas around how you can continue to grow and be curious in your lane. So I would love to hear your feedback. Go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Shoot me a DM at Small Minded Podcast or at Molly Knuth Media. If you have tips and suggestions on how to be better at your finances, or if you have other ways to invest, I would love to hear those as well. So thanks so much for being here, listener, and I will be back next week with another episode. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.